Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. So let's uh, let's start rule number 5 Jordan Peterson's 12 rules for life. That we can't have a drink. That's what you're telling me. Rule number five. What is it? Do not let your children do anything that makes you dislike them. Whoa. Yeah. Big titles. Did you notice how he's always starting with those titles where you go, yeah, makes sense. Then you start reading the thing. It doesn't make sense. Yes? Yeah. yeah. That's another one. Okay. So, so, so what did you get out of this uh, chapter here? The big chapter, um, there's a, a lot in it. I think it boils down to, um, you know, we've got a responsibility as parents, you know, not to be their friends almost, but to be be their parents first. And if you happen to be a friend as well, at the end of it, that's a bonus. But you've got a responsibility to your children. Yeah, um, big, big, big one. <clears throat> absolutely. And that's the big thing I got out of it. I mean, we can dissect that down in a lot of ways, but I think the crux of it, yeah. Yeah. A lot of parents want to be their kid's best friend. Yeah. That's not your Probably. job. They're going to have their best friends, right? <clears throat> and if, if they love you, that's more than enough. If they respect you, that's uh, not so good. But if they do love you and respect you, that's fantastic. Friendship, if you do have that, it's even bonus. But that Absolutely. means that normally your, your, your kids can't have friends. <laughs> Otherwise, they would need you to be their best friend. Controversial, guys. Controversial. Well, well, this is this is a topic. This it's is, not us. It's the rule number five. It's the world we're living in now. We have to let kids make their own choices from the age of six months. They're they're a free human being, and they can do whatever they want until they get forced to vaccinate <laughs> so they can have a beer. But that's the story for later. <laughs> At six months. Um, <laughs> well, this is where he's actually very against that. He, I would say that if he sees uh, spoiled brats, he probably would stop the parents and give them a lesson. I'd say. Mm. because the, the first 10 pages right the first 10 pages he's really savage he's <laughs> yeah he talks about absentee parent well not absentee parents but absentee in um raising their kids and leaving it to the world to do it and expecting everyone else to bear the wrath of their uncontrolled children and we've all been there we've all sat in a plane or sat on a train and sat in a restaurant or a playground where it's happened he actually talks about physically <laughs> What did he say? He, he, he threw the kid 30 yards across the playground. <laughs> and, and, then, and then he, he stopped pretending and he, he, really, he acted like a human. I don't, I didn't, because I didn't get the book when it came out. I think, Megs, you got it around the time it came out. How much backlash did he face for, because this chapter is full of stuff that the, the left, the Joe Biden people are absolutely crucifying for in this in this chapter, disciplining your child. He said it's even okay to smack him once in a while. Who would have thought? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I read that bit and thought, Jesus, yeah, that that would have caused so much controversy. Who would have thought that it was okay when your child that you raised has been an absolute lunatic, it was okay to give him a clip across the ear? Who would think it? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I don't know. I've had, I have had it for a couple of years, but I don't know when he wrote it as to when I got it. So I don't really know what, yeah, I didn't didn't know what happened when it came out, but I know throughout reading the chapter, there was bits that I was like, whoa, like, you know, there was, there's so much in there and anything to do with, I mean, every every topic can be controversial, but anything to do with parenting and raising children and 
you know, being pregnant or being a mum or being a dad, whatever, it's always comes with a lot of um, opinions and different ways on, you know, attachment parenting or all of this. So I think, yeah, it's always going to be controversial. But I, I sort of drilled down a little bit on the, you know, the parent versus friends thing. And I thought, you know, there's, there's definitely room there that you can offer both. Um, but I think there's the children, the children have to understand the respect part of it first. Like there's, it's not that you can't be their friend and you can't show that you're human and that you have good days and you have bad days and, and you make mistakes too. Like there's heaps of times I've had to say to Jordan, look, mate, sorry about what I said no. earlier. I'm sorry about this or whatever. And, and they've got to see that you're also a human. Like we're not there to dictate to them how they should be. And we're not there to dictate or stop their personalities from coming out, which parts of this chapter, I thought far out, like, you, you got to be careful that you don't totally squash the kids' individuality as well. Yeah, but this is why he, there's one line in there where he says, proper discipline requires, um, what is it, uh, control, I think, or, it, or it's, an act of, it's an act of effort. You, you, he said, how much, how much is too much? Like some people, like, they give a lolly when the kids is being bad because that that's gonna stop. So no wonder why the lovely the kids going to now learn about being bad because he did get more lollies. On the other hand, you don't have to break their arm because they wanted the lolly. So so how much is too much? And I think that he is in his book there. He said it's you have to follow uh, Skinner, the, the the psychologist. Mm -hmm. It's about it's about conditioning. When you get the reaction, that's enough. Enough, yeah. More than that, it's not. You know now. So you look at that and, and you don't have to just look at your children. It's the same thing when we, we, we are all in management and, and leadership, right? So we've got teams working around us. We've got brand new guys and people who've been around us. What do we do? Well, it depends on the individual. It depends on the action. It depends on their act. If, if their act requires you to go that level, you, you got to know, you have to turn turn up the volume and go there. When you get that response, now you shut it down. You don't have to go to the hilt all the time and talk down at them every single time. And, and I think that so when he, what he's talking about children, you could actually read this chapter and put it to management. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he talks to in that same section about, um, you know, to tailoring it to that child like all of us on the screen have got more than one child and you don't you don't treat them all the same way you've got to treat them differently depending on their quirks and like it's I'm still learning mine are only quite little and um the way that I have had to learn with Jordan like he's some of the stuff in the book I thought that's Jordan like he he pushes the boundaries and he does this and he does that and you know you we've had to navigate different ways on how to discipline him and what works for him because I tell you a smack on the bum doesn't work for him you know getting cranky at him or going off the Richter at him doesn't work for him so you've got to work out what works for them and and Lara already you know she's still only quite little too but you can already see there's going to be a totally different way that she's going to need to be um, disciplined and I guess you know taught the way very hard when they're all standing in front of the television at the same time, annoying the shit out you to yell at them at different levels though. <laughs> so I just prefer a one size fits all. 
I prefer a one size fits all approach because usually they're all together when they're annoying the shit out of me. So, <laughs> stop it. <laughs> Sorry. The, you know what? I, I, but I think people, I think people neglect to realise that it's just as important to allow our kids to make mistakes as it is to stop them from making mistakes. Because there's, you know, the whole helicopter mum, it's a new, or helicopter parent, I should say, it's a new concept that's come in in the last, I don't know, 10 to 15 years. And we're creating this, this generation of entitled children, you know, much more entitled than, you know, previously. Um, and I think it's a, it's, a, it's a big issue. And it's not the kid's fault. It's the parent's fault. And he's we not, need to stop. Sorry? He's not talking about mistakes, though. He's talking about discipline. Oh, no, uh, I think I'm, I'm, discipline for poor behaviour. We live in a world in that, of mates. In that chapter, he also spoke about he's also spoke about um, being uh, uh, too hard on your kids and not allowing them to, to to grow as a human, which is the same. Is not allowing a kid to uh, to to venture, to fall, to trip, to make a mistake, to come home drunk, to do whatever it is. Mm. Um, I think he's talking both ends of the scale on that, mate. Yeah, he did say part of it, um, you know, we, we're doing ourselves an injustice if we don't allow them to, like, feel certain emotion and experience certain things for themselves. Yeah, the rejection from a sports team or not being able to play on a play a certain day because you didn't make it to training or because you haven't been doing your best. A kid has to realise these stories. And a lot of parents, unfortunately, these days are jumping in and trying to protect their kids from those feelings when they, they shouldn't. Kids need to uh, to feel this emotion to grow, to grow emotionally. I think what he's actually saying in there is we need to introduce the kids to that stuff before they get out into the real world because absolutely, mate. The the real world's always going to be harder on them than we could ever be, and that's, yeah, that's absolutely yeah. That's what, 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 a, what a good line he said. Um, you know, you as a parent, normally, normally, no one would love your kid more than you. So if you already have got a problem with loving some of the things that your kids actually do, what's the likelihood that they're going to be accepted out there? Uh -huh. That's a very good line. And I thought, yes, yes, yes. I am the gauge. So that, that is a responsibility I have. It's not having children is, is not just fun. So what do we think, though? I mean, we live in a world over here where if one of our kids turns up to school and says, Dad smacked me on the bum last night. We'll have docs on the door because the teachers are forced to report it. That's actually a law. Yeah, well, mate, they reported. I, I had uh, one of the twins coming home um, many years ago, probably about five, six years ago, telling me that they just had a, uh, one of those sessions about uh, parenting and that apparently parents cannot hit kids. I told her, just pack up your shit. Get out of here. I, I don't... <laughs> Just, just go and find yourself another family. I've got no problem. Get your teacher to find yourself another family. Oh, no, no, but we only talk about it. I said, don't talk about this stuff at home. I don't need that stuff, right? And so I think that sometimes the, the kids, they are given all this information, but they are not given the, the ability, the, the opportunity to even think and dance around these things. Sometimes this is where we have to also be careful. You have teachers who are kids. And their point of view is so immature. And then they, because they've got the right, they talk down to the kids. That's something too that we need to be very careful about. I've been told multiple times by one of my children that every time I remove him from his iPad, it's child abuse. So, um, 
I'd just like to thank all these teachers and the, the parenting classes at school for explaining exactly what child abuse is because <laughs> lack of screen time apparently right up there. Right up You know, there. a good friend of mine gave me a, a, a saying once. She said, it's our jobs as parents to make ourselves redundant to our children. Oh, nice. and, I thought, and I thought that was a fantastic way of looking at being a parent, it, that at the end of the day, you want your child to be someone, like we said before, that you want to spend time with. When they grow up 18, 19, 20, as a parent, you'd hope your kids wants to stick around, that you've done the right thing by, as a parent, that they enjoy your company and they want to stick around. And then the flip side, you'd hope that they've modelled that behaviour and have a good group of friends and, a, you know, and they're giving a... Uh, person and, and and you'd want to hang around them so to be able to just be a you know con contributing um, citizen i mean we joke we joke about we see because we sell houses for a living right how many people's houses are we selling whether 30 or the 35 year old kids still living at home and we joke about it and a lot of them will blame um you know house of price of housing so they can't go out and buy a house so they can't go out and rent a house how much of it do you reckon is to do with the fact that they, no one ever prepared them for the real world and when they got out there and saw what it was really about they went fuck that i'm staying home with mum and dad absolutely yeah. and they're, oh, I'm they're serious. washing and they're ironing still getting done absolutely they're washing and ironing and getting done they're not paying any board at home all the bills are paid for them they're a freaking 35-year-old teenager. And a lot of them, you know, there's always the same sort of thing. Like I moved out of home when I was 17 and I was back by 19 because the big wide world had, had uh, reached out and punched me in the chin a few times. <laughs> um, and a lot of us, I think, I don't know if anyone else here went through the same thing, but a lot of teenagers go through that when they first move out of home. They usually do one more tour of duty back with the folks, but now it's dragging on to 30, 40 years of age where... Just keep me out of the real world, mum, please. And so there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of credence in what he says. People might not agree with everything he says, but it is our job to prepare. It's almost, you know, what's your line about training, TL, bleed in training so you don't bleed out there? You don't have to sweat. Sweat in training. You don't have to bleed in combat. Sweat in training is, a, it's a similar sort of thing. Our kids have got to know if we're their divine protectors, we've got to protect them from what's going to come when they get out there. And that's not stopping them going out there. That's making sure they, they're they ready when it does come. Because there's no way I've got Indy six. So I've got 12 years because as soon as 18 comes, see you later, all yeah. I've got six, 12 years left to make sure they're all prepared. Yeah, well, mate, this next generation, they probably stay with you until they're 30. No, they're going to be prepared for the real world. <laughs> What, what, what Could you imagine who, who wants to hang around me for 30 years? Could you hey, imagine anyone? With an hour every well, we'll, uh, listen, we, 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 are, we are actually working uh, on the, uh, the the cup to give pistol <laughs> by the time she reads that 30 years old. Right? Indy's already asked her teacher when she can emancipate. She's six. <laughs> <laughs> what about in the book? I, I, I like this too, you know, that parents should come in pairs. A lot of times a child goes to mom and then dad says something else or dad tells them off and then mom's taking their side. And where I totally agree with what he said here, it's a big principle for him. You don't do that. If, and, and that's one of the things that I, I really profess, even if I stuff up in front of my children, my wife has got no say in just opening her mouth. 
she should be telling me afterwards in private. Now, what I will do after that, then it would be my fault if I don't recognize it's my fault or if I don't go and make amend. But you, you, you break the other person's authority straight away by opening your mouth and saying shit because you just want to take on your partner. That's no different to the workplace as well. We relate Absolutely. that back to work. That's no different to... Um, it's d- directly translatable. I think, I mean... Um, can I just ask you guys? Can I just ask you guys? How was your parents? Yeah, like, I like that. I mean, I, I never saw them argue against each other about us. They argued about other things, but then about us and their decisions. Um, we had the typical go ask your father, go ask your mother sort of scenario. Um, so I'd go and say, Dad, Mum said it was all right, but I had to come and ask you before I went and asked my mum. And then he'd say, yes, I was going to say, Mum, yeah, Dad said it was all right for me to go. So I sort of played him, but... Um, yeah, they're on one. They're on one page, mate. It was. It was. You know, one set of rules from both of them. Yeah. Um, you and I think. Yeah. I'm sorry, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry, sorry. You were saying. No, that's all right. Go for it. What about you, Cam? They did the best they could. Okay. Didn't want to say too much. All right, Meg. They did the best they could. <laughs> uh, it's one thing. Like you grow up as you get your teenagers and into life. A lot of people blame their parents for a lot of things and. One thing you learn as you become a parent and um, you get a bit older is you realise how tough it can be and how tough it is and you just you, you look back and you go, they're doing yeah. their best. Can I do your best with what you got? What about you, Meg? Yeah, no, I think mum and dad were both pretty well on the same page. Mum was always the tough one. Dad was always the softy. Um, so there was definitely times when dad would let us do stuff that mum wouldn't. And we knew that, <laughs> probably the same as Chris. Um, but yeah, as I agree as well with what Cam said that you don't you don't appreciate that until you become a parent yourself and you start to go through certain things and you think, far out, like I was a little bitch to my parents and <laughs> things that you that you yeah. did and you think, oh wow, like yeah, they were only doing it because they cared and because they loved you and because they were trying to teach you the right thing, but you couldn't see anything different at the time. My mum was always a soft touch, but unless she was standing on the sidelines of a footy game. And then, or on the tennis court. Or the tennis court. You don't want to mess with Wendy Wilson on the side of a football field, let me tell you. Mate, my mum was the my mum was the law, the law in the house at my in my place. And I tell you, uh, she realized that wooden spoons wouldn't hurt me anymore. So she kept breaking them. So she got a so she got a strap, but the strap was one of those ones from a suitcase. So it had a longer reach, and she almost could use the bloody thing like a whip. <laughs> so she was the law, law provider at home until uh, until I really pissed Dad off. If I got him really upset, then I knew I was in for it. But generally, we were more scared of Mum than we were of Dad. Yeah, but they were both on the they were both on the same page. And the one thing I, as an adult, we sort of remember not to try and not to make the mistakes as that our parents did that we thought were mistakes. Um, and you know, I think that's where a lot of people need to stop and just pause for a minute. Just think what, what part of my childhood did I think that my parents could have done better, which I now want to implement in my, like this doesn't go a day without me telling my kids that I love them, both of them. Cause my dad never did that until we got much older, until we much, much older in life. And that's when he started to open up a little bit in that. Um, we heard it from mum all the time. So I wanted to make sure that that wasn't the same sort of scenario coming from me. I don't think a lot of people take the time just to think about 
what could have been better. So let's implement that in our lives. My childhood makes me want to drink. Can we have a wine yet or not? That's it. <laughs> That's it for chapter five. That's it for rule five. All right. Okay. Well, let's get on to the uh, the drinks. You start with your bottle, then, man. <laughs> he's he's desperate for a vino. Man's, man's on, on a camel. Vino veritas. Oh, I got a Kendall Jackson Chardonnay two thousand and eighteen. It's a uh, California Chardonnay. Yeah. Um, oh, you're giving it four. Good, because it was a 3.9 when I did it. So Okay. <laughs> happy to take the four. Everyone heard that. Four, no, no, four, no, four, no, 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 no. Only, only one person. Charlotte's the person sending us all the results, website, and everything's been counted. So we will wait. We will wait. It's a Vintners Reserve Chardonnay. Um, we've talked about American wines on here before. Highly underrated, I think, especially some of the Chardis from um, California there. So we've had do it a bush- few times, Cam. Hey? You, you were lazy this week. We've had that bottle a few times. We haven't had Kendall Jackson. <laughs> yeah, we have. When? Yeah, ages ago. We've had it on. It, for you. it was I think Thomas office. bought it. Yeah. There's not a lot I'm lazy about, mate. It was more of a um, timing issue. <laughs> but it is getting hard to find different wines. We've had like 42,000 bottles or something. It is. Bloody hard to get some. Yeah, sort of- I know, I know. But that, that's the beauty of what we're doing is that we, listen, we, we're trying to make it interesting for the audience too. They, they, they want to travel with us through the wines. And like I repeat, next week, we're very lucky. We're going to have the same bottles from Keith's Keith estate. So, you know, next week's going to be an easy one. Don't have to go and get. What about you, Chris? Well, I went to, uh, I went to Europe this year, uh, this, this year, this week. I thought uh, if I'm in lockdown, I'm going to travel via the wine. And I've got a El Moro. It's a Spanish wine. Emilio Moro. Emilio Moro. <laughs> I was reading it backwards. He's <laughs> at all day. He's at all day. All day. I haven't got my glasses on. Um, and it's a Temperillo. Um, it's a 2018. And uh, it rated pretty well. How are you got, can I just say another thing? It's 26 degrees outside. You've got a jumper on and you're about to drink a red wine. Hey, listen, I'm not as fat and as red as you are, all right? I'm not having a go. I'm asking a question. you got a it's problem with your... cold, man. I'm downstairs. My house is bloody very well insulated. It's the first day of summer. <laughs> but I'm just a hot-blooded <laughs> European man. Hey? I'm a hot-blooded European man. I don't need the weather to warm up. I'm just, just, I feel the cold. What do you want me to say? I'm I wasn't having a go yet. It was Ask. <laughs> It looked like Stallone then. I was asking a question. <laughs> <laughs> he might have a blankie over his lap too. <laughs> what about you, Meg? What's your wine? I brought an Argentinian wine today. It's a Cristina Malbec. It's a 2018. So, yeah, we'll that, see how we go. That's going to score high. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's going to score high. Oh, well, the Argentinian, the, their wine starting to really uh, take on the world. Uh, good quality stuff and and mine when really went, starting to invade the Vulcan, the to, Falcons uh, the Argentine to get a uh, Pinot Noir so oh, very good. close to uh, Queenstown right you have Central Otago beautiful wine from uh, Peregrine so how good's lockdown going with for this kind of weather how good's lockdown going that with that came we can't even buy an Australian wine get we've all got international today yeah <laughs> We've drunk them all. <laughs> I'm 
I've got to go and break the seal on mine. I'll be two seconds. Oh, nice wine. All right. Okay, so what's happened today? What's happened this week, guys? Um, Cheers. Where'd you go? How about, how about uh, Guy Sebastian? How about Guy Sebastian? Hey, isn't it what we spoke about a few weeks ago? That people are going to go news. to turn against people. Maybe Chris's mate. He's he, one minute he's thinking you can't one, have an one thing. Yeah, he's he's a fence sitter. They tried to say he had fence palings stuck in his backside, but I'm like, well, they must have borrowed them from Chris. So. No, I, I, let, let's have a look at it this way. So let, let's uh, let's do this. We, we've done this every week, so we'll try it again. Okay. So Meg and I, we're going to defend what he's done. And you are going to go against, right? you, both all right. you and Chris. What's he done? Because I, I, I have missed this in the news. All right, well, Cam can tell you. So the music industry has a hashtag going around a bit at the moment called vaccination or get vaxxed or some shit. Telling people to get vaccination so they can start doing concerts again. Right. And on Guy Sebastian's social media, a post popped up supporting this, saying he was a representative of it and everyone should get vaccinated. So then the anti-vaxxers got stuck into him and um, shamed him to 24 hours later coming out and saying, oh, I don't know who put that on my social media and I don't support what the post says and there are some people who just can't get vaccinated. And I, look, I heard it was a massive um, problem and then I actually read it and it doesn't seem like that big a deal to me, but... Um, we're all very bored, so the poor blokes copped an absolute flogging for it. And um, so, 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 uh, so let, let let's do it two minutes. Two minutes are for and against, right? Meg and I, we are for the fact that he's apologised, and and you guys are against, okay? Yeah, you can go first. The four has the floor. All right. Well, I I think that uh, what Guy has been preaching or has tried to teach us has been trying to teach us is to have tolerance, that we may have an opinion, but that is not for us to impose our opinion upon others. What and, did and you have that got, opinion? Why did you have that? the right to have that kind of opinion. Why did you have that opinion in the first place then? But you, hey, listen, it's one thing to have an opinion. It's actually bravery to be able to change your opinion if you think you're wrong. Yeah, but to blame someone else for saying that you changed it, and not being a man enough to stand up. That's my social media. And then to blame someone else for putting it on, I think that's a bit of a cop-out. No, I think, I think he got bullied into changing his mind. And I think everyone on your side of the fence, Megan and Thomas, have, have bullied, have, have jumped on with the crowd as usual. You've probably got vaccinated yourselves. You've jumped in with the crowd and um, followed the sheep. And it, it's cool to cancel people for having an opinion at the moment. So... That's what he's. That's what's happened. I don't think he should have changed his mind because the crowd says it wasn't the right thing to do. All he did was express his opinion. He didn't change his mind. He didn't change he, his mind. He, he did. Said, he said, "In my opinion, is my opinion. I, I, I did not mean, or I'm not here to really tell people what to do." He but said, "You did." So, but you did. You did tell people what to do. So stand by it. it no. It no, he encouraged he, it. He didn't say they had to. He encouraged it no, so he just, the industry could get back to making some money. No, Megs, you're on the side of it's okay for him to change his mind. You've forgotten what team you're on. No, no, she's on my team, Megs. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You guys are saying it's okay. <laughs> you, you, 
Yeah, he most, you know what? By doing what he's done, he'd be a great politician because he's just gone with the whim of the polls. The polls came back and said you shouldn't have supported the vaccination. So he went, you know what? I'm going for a spot in the Liberal Party. Um, these are all out of lockdown next week because that's what the polls oh, suggest. So. I think you realise that a concert, you'll only make a certain amount of money. But record sales, everyone can buy your record. So I'm going to go to the part that's going to make me the most money. So that's why he flipped. When was the last time you, you saw a record? A record. Right? <laughs> when was the last time someone bought a record, mate? What you buy them off freaking whatever? We're on right? the same you team, Chris. We're on the same team. Oh, you're on me. <laughs> I just remember we're oh, on the same on team. You're on the opposite side of the screen to me, so Why I can't see the top of your smile is when you're picking on me. You're a bully. I think the problem with it is, I don't know if the debate's working, but the problem with it is overall is if you have an opinion and 24 hours later you flip on it based on the criticism you cop for having that opinion, then not only do you lose credibility, but um, you it, it's very hard for people to take you seriously in the future because um, do you mean it? Don't you mean it? What do you actually mean? It is no different to what but, our politicians but what if, do. What if you realise that you you were wrong? Can't you change your mind? Are you saying to me once you made an opinion because you're a celebrity, you just have to carry on with it? That you you are not allowed to have the uh, the courage to say I was wrong. I want to change my mind. If everyone didn't come out pissed off with him for doing it in the first place, would he have changed his mind? That's my th point. hundred percent, you're allowed to change your mind. But why did he change his but mind? But I think the guy said he thought he was wrong. His mind all the time, mate. He flips his chair. He's he's he stopped other judges from stealing contestants. He, he does all these kind of things. He actually showed on the show the voice that he could actually even break rules. I mean, David, he's shown it. He's brave. I just think it's a pretty sad state of affairs that we're actually talking about it. That's how bored like the world is at the moment. I think it's a very good uh, point because right now, this is what happened is that people are no, long, uh, no longer able to have debate, to talk about things while we respect the human being. What, what we are doing right now is if you're a human being and you're my mate, but you now are uh, against a certain idea, now I'm going to label you that idea. And this is a problem, is the day that we diminished the humanity in all of us to a label, then we've got a major problem. And this is what happened. that The, the fact that a person comes up and says something, gets a backlash, and then changes, I mean, gets another backlash. What is this? Just, it's okay. He's got his opinion. I've got my opinion. Let's talk and then let's debate and then move on. We've spoke, I, I don't know, we've spoken about this before, but we've lost the skill or the ability to have an adult conversation. Yeah. That's uh, like how I put it. Let's let's talk like adults. And back in the day, adults used to be able to have a difference of opinion without it being life or death from the other side. Um, and that's, you know, that's the scary thing. And that's why the smartest people in the country we don't hear from very often, the people who really could make a change, don't bother because they're just going to get shut down by the idiots who aren't, a, aren't able to have an adult conversation, aren't able to have a difference of opinion. I heard uh, someone read somewhere recently where ignorance has a voice, um, intelligence goes silent. Oh, that's nice. But ha have a look at this now. Today we're celebrating Are You Okay Day. Are You Okay Day? And yet. My birthday, forget that. Sorry, it's my <laughs> birthday. That's the only thing we're celebrating. Hey, that's by today. the way, 
And, and then yes, and then yesterday or, or two days ago, we had just attacked a guy to make him feel depressed. Yeah. And, 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 and I have to say, in, uh, I don't know about you guys, but in the last seven days, I've been working with salespeople um, who actually have been going through depression. Would you believe this, that even though we are in an, in an industry that is doing not so bad, many of our salespeople are actually going through a very quiet desperation, uh, frustration, depression. I, I spoke to a young dude who, I mean, I'm not going to mention him, but within just a few minutes, he opened up and he said, Thomas, I, I just don't know. I, I, I don't even know where I am. I don't even know what I'm doing. I don't even know where the, this industry is for me. And and I'm just thinking, hold on, where's your leader? Because your leader should really take that upon himself or herself to uh, find out, keep a finger on the pulse. I mean, isn't it what we do with family? I mean, but right now, our team is family. Unfortunately, many of these kids, uh, they, they used to wake up and get in the car for now, listen to music and sing and dance and, and, and as they drive to work. But now they wake up and they have that one hour of, uh, hold on, I, I now have to entertain myself until I get to work, you know, it, which is in my study. And that one hour, they go through so many things where they actually sabotage themselves. They create bad routines. So with this young kid here, it was just crazy because I, I identified straight away five routines that he had to really change. And just in 24 hours, he just changed his mind. And all it took, it would have taken, was someone to care about him and say, are you okay? The problem with the whole thing is, are you okay, has become a Facebook status for one day a year. And I, yeah. I agree with you on that, Cam. It should be, I yeah. want to know if I want to know if anyone who's posted that today has actually rang someone up and checked on them. Yeah. Um, so the point of the day, though, is about raising awareness and starting conversations. It's not about fixing things it's not about having the answers for the people that you know you talk to about whether they're okay whether the answer is yes or no it's just about awareness around it yeah it's, but like, it's, also, like it's, it's meant to be an awareness to go oh shit i haven't spoken to that person in a while maybe i should check how they're doing it's not a an awareness to be aware it's not a the, the mental health space it's it's absolutely um disgusting what goes on in the country and I think in the world around mental health and the lack of um, support that it's given and this the one day stuff and everyone on social media just doing it for, for likes. Oh, I posted, are you okay? Good on you. Congratulations. Thank you. How many people have you fucking called today? Like, it's one um, part of it though. Like the day is one part of it. There's lots of other organisations that, you know, like... Um, Organisations are doing great things. It's, it's. I'm talking about the people who virtue signal with stuff like "Are you okay?" Day. I want to know how many people rang someone today and asked if they're okay. I was speaking to three people. Yeah, right? that's. Yeah, I've had one person check in on me. Yeah, but but I think to go further and and answer your questions, how how many people have called one person a day over the last 364 days? The the days where are you okay was not on. Yeah. And yeah, ask whether they're okay. That's, yeah, 100%. that's what game's right. It's not meant to be one day of the year. You know? We're fucking, yeah. we're human beings. So so what if you did 365 people today? That doesn't mean that you're off for the year. <laughs> that's called prospecting, mate. <laughs> are you okay? Tell me, are you, 
Are you okay? Good. Do you know anyone selling? <laughs> to tell me something, guys. Obviously, lockdown is lockdown is affecting people's mental state. Yeah. So oh, is it time, the isolation? Time. Sorry. Big time. Yeah. So is it the isolation people have from other being other people and not being able to have that physical interaction? What are your thoughts on why people are being affected so hard with isolation? Is it because we know we're doing something against our will? What is it? I think it's going to be different for every person. Um, some people are going to be struggling because they're isolated. Some people are going to be struggling because they can't isolate. They can't get any time for themselves or can't get outside the the four walls yeah, that they're in. They're trapped think, four kids, five kids, and homeschooling and got to work and all that sort of stuff. Great point. I think, I think for some people there'll be, and I'll put myself in this, I'm really struggling at the moment with um, the lack of choice that we've been given. The, the, I feel like my will has just been crushed. If I ever want to go and have a beer again, I have to do what these people are telling me, and it's really starting to, Close in. I mean, I've seen a few people, I've talked to a couple of other guys and I've seen a bit of it on social media where people are feeling the same way, where their spirit's just been beaten down. And it might sound melodramatic and it might sound exaggerated, but it isn't. It's something I've really been, you know, I tried, I've tried three times to book in to get vaccinated and I haven't been able to hit the button. I just, I just haven't, I fucking haven't been able to hit the button. And um, that part of me, one of my highest values clearly is freedom or freedom of choice. And yep. that's been taken away from a lot of people. So I think the answer to your question is it's going to be varied for different every different yeah, people. Good, but yeah, it's, but, um, but Cam, there are people who are in the exactly same predicament as you and they say different things. Uh, like I, I had my neighbor talking to someone uh, uh, earlier and he said, uh, the, the other person asked him, how are you going? And he said, oh, mate, we're living in a dream, living a dream. You know, we, we, we're getting time with the family. So it's really yeah. the meaning that you give with what you're going through. Different that, things right? for different people. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I find that for the most, like most people have been mesmerized by the illusion of society. And the illusions of society is go to work, become someone, make money, try to make something of yourself. And, and, and what I think, because we are forever running around that illusion, we don't have the time to think about us, about things that really we would want to. And with COVID and lockdown and restrictions, this now you've got the time. Now you've got the time to sit down with yourself and go, is this what I want? Is this how I want to spend the rest of my life? Or is this how I want to spend my life? And so what I believe in, in, in uh, the talk that I have with a lot of people, the question that they have is, how am I feeling with myself now that I've got more time to think about myself? And now they're struggling because before they didn't have to because all the busyness of life have been taking them and they don't understand it. They have never been living. They've been surviving. But now they got the time to think about whether they want that survivor or they just want to live. Mm. And that is difficult. They don't like the answers. Yeah, I think like people when you're busy you, you get caught so much up in what's going on you don't have time to think deeply whereas at the moment people are thinking deeply and they're asking some really deep questions of themselves um, and probably going to some hard places and you know it's not it's not easy for everyone to do that like some of us 
are, are probably, you know, deeper thinkers or have stronger mental states as it is. So you can go, oh, you know, scrap that, you're being silly or whatever. Whereas some people that, you know, may not be as educated or as strong-minded or, you know, do work on their own headspace often, they don't have that ability to pull themselves out of it. So instead of being able to learn and, and bounce off it and go to different places, they go probably deeper and lower rather than being able to, to come out the other side. And um, I think it's a combination of everything. And like Cam said, it's not a one-size-fits-all answer. It's, it's so different based on circumstance. Like I was speaking to one of the girls um, earlier from another office and she said, you know, I often think is that she lives by herself and she said, I often wonder, like, is it, am I lucky that I live by myself because I'm in lockdown because I've got no one there to annoy me, like no partner, no friends, no kids. I can just be in my own space or would I want to have people with me and then would that make it easier or, you know, and I think it's like anything in life, like some, you probably always think, oh, that'd be really nice. Imagine living by yourself at the moment, like how quiet would it be? How good, easy would it be? But then if you were living by yourself for what we've been in, lockdown for 11 ish weeks something like that whereas they've only been locked down for a cut like maybe three um so it's, it's totally different and um we were facetiming with mum and dad on the weekend they're away as you know and even mum said like you know they were sort of joking about it and um and I cracked a bit of a tantrum and just said nah like it's shit like she said oh we should just come back home and I said honestly don't like stay where you are because it is so shit <laughs> and she's like you know tried to crack a joke I'm like no it's not funny like seriously it is no way to be living like it's it's just yeah nothing like you would ever imagine um but they can see it from afar she even said conversations that she's having with friends and stuff like that people that she can just see a difference in or hear a difference in in their voices when she's talking to them she can tell that it's it's getting at people if you well, look I, at it, sorry, I, man. I, go for it, Ken. Go. No, you're all right. Go. I, I think, I think maybe even you were going to say this, Ken. Look, there's no question, no question whatsoever that lockdown has been a, a positive things in certain ways. Whether it's been the ability to have breakfast and lunch with your family, or just whatever it may be. You know, someone's. I think it was yourself there, Thomas, the other day said it was the art of learning patience. There is positives to lock the lockdown, right? But there are those negatives. I think some people, like you're saying, Megs, that are deep thinkers, they may be thinking things because they've got that time to, but don't have the tools to work through those, mm. to work through those ideas, to find out. And maybe you posed the question, Thomas, is this what I want to be doing? Do I want to be in this career? They don't know. They don't have the tools to follow through with those answers, those questions. Then that probably sets them in a bit of a spiral um, not you know, not putting their headspace in the right sort of direction. Let's look at it. it. Just occurred to me if we look at it in the context of the six life needs that we all have, we've done a bit of work on this in leadership before. Yeah. So yeah. the six are what? Number one, certainty. Do we have any cert? Do we have any certainty at the moment? Yeah, 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 yeah. Freedom Day is on. Stay home. Right. <laughs> Number number two is uncertainty or variety. Does it do we have any variety at the moment? Front yard or backyard? Yes, yeah. it, yes. Uh -huh. You've got to get creative. Red wine or white yeah. wine. 
<laughs> so there's no variety at the moment. Significance. Is there many opportunities for people at the moment to have their significant their needs of significance met? Walk around naked in your house Probably and guarantee not. your family will be yeah. telling you to piss off, get the room, get some clothes on. Facebook. You'll have that significance fairly quickly. Now, can, number four is love and connection. So people who are on their people who are on their own, where are they getting that from? And people who are at home and in, in maybe in, in homes where they it's don't a want to. G-rated show. Tinder. They're getting it from Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> You're not taking this seriously, but as I read it, there's very little growth. How's everyone meeting their growth needs at the moment? Well, apart man, from on their belt. Apart from on their belt. And then contribution, number six is contribution. So how how are we able to contribute at the moment? So there's a reason people are getting depressed. Point, if, if they're the six basic needs that we all have and you can't meet them, what what are you? No, 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 but let's, let's put it this way. Let's put it this way. Let's go maybe further, okay? Those are the six human needs uh, by Tony Robbins, okay? So certainty. Certainty is... it's it's, certain we're all fucked. I think that the quality of, of how you feel depends on the quality of your question, right? Certainty is, it's not going to get to me. That's it. I've got that certainty, right? So I've got the certainty that no matter what they, they putting me through, I'm going to pull through. There's no problem. Variety, well, there's no problem. Variety, I mean, seriously, every day is something different. Every day is something different in the IT world. So I, I'm seeing different things every day. Now, significance, well, no, maybe significance, I don't have it. Love connection. <laughs> Love connection. I mean, <laughs> here, you guys are here. So you're my mates. So, so there's no problem. Growth, we only have to have four. So growth, listen, nothing's stopping us from growing for the moment. I reckon I, I'm, I'm actually loving this, uh, this second lockdown because I have learned the value of patience. I've had so many people pissing me off that I have had to learn the value of patience. Sometimes it over, it's built, eh? but- Keep working. Sorry? Keep, Keep working. working. <laughs> so, and, then, and then contribution. Listen, Zoom is here. Facebook, you can contribute in so many ways. You know, I was telling the, 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 the uh, twins because they love the cooking. And I said to them the other day, why aren't you doing cooking with all, all the kids on Zoom? You know, it's, there's so many ways of, so I think people need to really understand some of these things, simple. The, the way you feel depends on the way you think. You ask yourself good question, you get to come up with a good answer. But if not, you get to feel good. You ask yourself dumb questions, stupid questions, two things will happen for sure. You feel stupid, right? It's like, why am I stupid? Well, that's a stupid question. You're stupid because you're stupid. But so, and, and then you don't come up with those. Kinds. So ask better questions. And the, one of the questions is this. One of these days, we are going to be grandparents. What are we going to teach our grandchildren in terms of lessons that we got out of the second lockdown? If we did just that and we sat down and start writing a journal about it, seriously, we would feel like we can be contributing even in the future. I think um, what Cam was sort of saying is that people can't get their needs met how they were, how they used to get their needs met. So people, some people have gone, okay, well, I can't do any of the stuff I used to be able to do. So that's really depressing. And I'm just going to, that's it. Like they've just taken that as a roadblock and not gone any further. Whereas what Thomas is saying, like, 
you've you've just got to get creative with it. Like you've just got to you've got to be able to you've got to be able to dance and adapt and move with it and go, okay, we're in lockdown. Yes, it's shit. Like there's no there's no questioning that it's not our norm. It's not what we're used to. We don't have that freedom and that independence to be able to go going out for dinner with the the girls or going down to the pub with the mates or you know even just going for a, a soccer training or whatever it is that everyone's outlet could be. Um, it's about people have had to get creative and for the first little while, like, yeah, okay, it was a two week and then it was one week and then it was two. I think people were able to kind of go, okay, there's a deadline, there's a deadline, but there hasn't, like, after those couple, people's faith just went out the window with the deadline. Like, there's, no, there's no deadline. It's just, it's it's indefinite. It's just, you know, people I, are just I, frustrated. I, I, with always, I, always, I always love it when people are hurting because when you're at the, on the edge, that's when you're about to learn lessons or you're going to go back and, 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 and dig a hole and, and hide. The, you're the, the best time, Sorry? The best time for growth is that time when you're at that edge like Icarus, you know? He, he got pushed and then suddenly they flew. I mean, this is the bit. This is the time. So it's about how you're thinking. But you're also going to have to be careful. Like some of these kids that I... I, I helped over the last few days i said to them who's your mastermind group who's the five people you hang around because you hang around five people who are easy that's not going to happen and i said to them you know one of the rules that i i I was going through with jordan peterson is pick friends that are there to push you not friends that are there to just say ah yeah you're fine you're gonna be great no you're not gonna grow from that it growth is 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 painful but if if you if it doesn't have to be painful forever, but while you're going through that, why is that? Because you, you're pushed out of your comfort zone. It's not the same thing. This is why it can't be that easy, you know? And I think if people were really drilled to ask better questions, it doesn't matter what we go through. You know, like the prime minister can just lock us all down and he can go home for Father's Day and we cool. Now, the, the country goes, oh, this is stupid. No, he's a father, you morons, right? He's a father, plus on top of that, he's got a big job to do. And I'm sure that the way he's doing it, it's going to be safe. So, but that's my opinion. Mate, it was more time deaf than... I, will, I want to be able to withdraw my opinion, Okay. It was more tone deaf than Guy Sebastian, what he did. Why wouldn't you go the day before, the day after, the sneak out midweek? Why would you hop on a plane on Father's Day when three-quarters of the country can't? We can't even drive. Like, Chris O's in Bankstown. He can't even drive outside of his own suburb. Like, what? I'm lucky I don't live in Bankstown. I work in Bankstown. I don't live in very, Bankstown. Very, very, for business. I, I can but, leave, I can leave. But for it, business it was and, a very, it was timed terribly. He timed oh, it for business look, and. He's, um, he's got to run the country. We have to look at it realistically. Uh, the guy has to run the country. He's the bloody Prime Minister of Australia. Anyone that's given him a, a bad shot, pull your head in. But yes, his timing uh, could have been better uh, when there uh, are people that are separated from family members for stupid, stupid rules, um, can't cross a border. Um, when their home is in the other side of the border, they can't cross it to get home. There are, it's a bit of a contradiction. You're right. Yeah, no, 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 mate. We live in a country where there's a lot of tall puppy syndrome, okay? So to those idiots who say that, I tell them, 
F off. All right. Well, the problem is those idiots are going to vote him out. And for business and tax purposes, for business and tax purposes, I need Scotty to stay. But Jesus, bro, <laughs> help help me help you. Don't fly places on fucking Father's Day and don't don't go overseas. Don't go overseas when the whole country's burning. Just don't do dumb shit. Leave that, going to his residence? Leave that for Palaszczuk and, you know, let her get on a plane to Tokyo when no one else is allowed to leave a state. Let her do the dumb shit. I'd get the tall poppy syndrome, and that's why you've got to be smarter. Jesus Christ. I know he's a born again or something. Didn't the <laughs> mighty Jehovah fucking tell him it was probably going to be a bad idea? He even flew on a Saturday, so we know he's not a Joho because he can't do business on a Saturday. <laughs> What are you thinking, mate? I'm joining um, Craig Kelly's party, by the way, the United Cameron party. Where, um... Did you get that text message? No, I didn't, but he's <laughs> mate, he must have spent – I was trying to watch TV you last night. Mate. Yeah, you click the link, you get a free MacBook, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, man. So now they're saying, when are, we, when, are, when are you guys out? You guys are out end of October now, they're saying? 15th of October. Freedom Day! So yeah, uh, let's uh, on that on this 15 of October and what's going on with the hospital. Let's get our stick up and here hey. is how's the jet going? Hi, how are you all? Yeah, mate. Yes. Uh, by the way, Jeff, happy birthday. Was your birthday yesterday? Yes, I know. We've got um, it was a lovely day. Yeah, you got spoiled. A little bit spoiled, a little bit spoiled. <laughs> Uh, go, yeah. We, we, we only had 50 people over for a party. <laughs> <laughs> ScoMo uh, was there. ScoMo was there, no doubt. That, that, tell, that tells us, guys, where we are. We are probably 51, 52, 53, 54 in the ranking because we only invited 50, okay? Now, well, I what's... I thought that's what the website said. <laughs> <laughs> so... What is uh? What do you think about ScoMo flying home for, on Father's Day? Well, you know, I, I heard your comments, and um, you know, there's a couple of things. Number one, his place of residence is Sydney. His workplace is Canberra. So just like Chris, he goes from one place to his place of work. So he's allowed to go home. He also had the approval from the ACT. Um, Minister to come back. So, you know, he's got to have some privileges in his job. Why do it on Father's Day when no one else can, Jeff? That's my only problem. Of course he can come home. Of course he can. But how fucking thick <laughs> do you have to be? He could have I done know. it on any day and still got criticised about it. He probably would have, man, but you, let's choose... Oh, Jesus. Anyway. Hey, right, Jeff, I, I missed you. He did not really pass the pub test. He did uh, pass, well, pass what? The pub test. Well, maybe that's why he did it, because there are no frigging pubs open at the moment, so they can't <laughs> test him. Maybe that's why they, they did it. They can't judge him. ACT minister allowed that. It's the uh, silly people like uh, Anastasia that doesn't allow it. Mm. And um, also McGowan. So you know you got to look at it. Some, some. There's been some good and some bad about it. Mm. So, so uh, 
Listen, the Jeff, I uh, just want to ask you, what's the state of the ICU? I'm, I'm hearing it's going up. Is it, uh, is it that bad? Well, let's contextualize this. Um, if you, you know, you look at some of the new big hospitals and, I'm, and I'll, I'll draw reference to Bosford Hospital because I know that um, some of you up in the Central Coast area. Gossie bra. Uh, just gone through a, quite a significant refurbishment. Beautiful new. But the number of COVID cases that are in hospital is equal to two times Gosford Hospital. So we've wiped out Gosford Hospital twice. So There's plenty of beds left in Gosford, mate, because we've got two cases on the coast. So still locked down. But I'm just, I'm just referencing the number of beds. But also, you've got, you know, you've got a lot of contacts up there because you've been locked down again for a longer time. No, oh, have we? I noticed. <laughs> locked down like Greater Sydney. The other thing too is like almost two hundred patients in ICU. Now, Gosford, uh, you know, I'll make reference to Gosford again. Gosford's got thirty ICU beds approximately, so we've wiped out six of Gosford ICUs. Mm. Yeah, but, but but hold on, but hold on. The ICU, uh, only half of these two uh, hundreds actually, less than half, are on ventilators. So really, they could yeah. be in ICU beds without ventilators and being looked after by people. ICU. Normally, normally New South Wales has got four hundred um, intensive care beds. Yeah. So you know we're we've used up half them already. So yeah. you know I. You know, we've got, we've got the surge capability, so I don't think it's going to be a big issue. Yeah, a lot of people talk, are talking to Jeff about the, the fact that the, uh, the ICU and all these things doesn't make sense enough. But really, people need to understand, each ICU room actually requires a number of staff. And, yeah. and so when you have like six or seven people looking after one room, 30 rooms means that you have to have about 180 people available. Well, yeah, well, you have to actually think you need at least four people, four FDE per um, patient, because you need one for each shift and then one's on a day off. Right. So, so it, it, it's a, a crazy bit. Resources. Yeah. Uh, uh, so because in the news that they're talking, they start talking about it. Is it is it like a ruse to uh, steer our thoughts away from uh, all of this unhappiness during lockdown? Or is it the real thing about the fact that the hospital could be overwhelmed? Well, the hospitals are at stretching point, but they've got the capability to stretch. You know, they've, they've actually stopped a lot of elective surgery. Right. It's only really necessary stuff. So they've retrained a lot of people that are working normally in the operating desks or normally in the cardiology wards and so forth. So there is a lot of retraining going on, but they're, they're ready for it, but they're stretched. Mm. Okay. So many yeah. challenges for them. So and, what happens when they let us all out, mate? We're still having 1,300 cases a day. Oh. Well, not they won't let me out. The other guys here will probably be allowed out. But I'm He's an interesting thing. They probably won't let Central Coast out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Just because it can. I told you ages ago that the Hills District where I live actually has now, two days ago, 88% first dose. Now, that's, I think, almost the highest, except another thing. 
So, but I, I looked up Central Coast. They're, they're, they're still at 55% first dose. We can't get any Pfizer, yeah. mate. They won't give it to us. you got to drive to Homebush, mate. You can book in down there. You look at the basic demographics up there, like the, the retirement place. You know, come on. What are you talking about? Have you seen house prices lately, mate? Don't you Hills District snobs be coming and bagging the Central Coast? <laughs> all right? You all want to move here. We're your retirement fund, don't forget. I'm charging you double when eventually you're moving out of there to go to the coast like you all do. I'm charging you double. No, it's, um, so I think Cam, you need to really just like really, you know, commit to your, you know, your region and start promoting nice positivity. What vaccination do you have? What vaccination do you have, Jeff? Oh, I had um, both AstraZeneca. Okay. Well, there's plenty of that up here, but they've talked us out of getting it. Every time I go to book, they say you should not be having this one. So, Jeff, you had two shots of Astra. Yeah. Uh, how how is it? Does that make you sick, as they said, or is it a placebo thing? Well, yeah, the first dose gave me a bit of a headache and cold and shivering. Covid's a placebo. Like Twenty-four hours, thirty-six hours. Yeah. The second dose was not a problem at all. Right. So you know, so I'm not overly concerned about that. But, you know, I think um that's what they you know we have now got Pfizer. Um, we've got a lot more of us. And I think that um, everyone's got the capability, you know. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Um, you almost got to know someone to get it. But, you know, yeah. looking at the websites is pretty challenging. Yeah. I think it's a matter of right place, right time at the moment. Like I know some people that have tried really hard to get it and have had to book in for like mid to late October or even past that. And then other people that have been able to get it like, this weekend if they drive to Sydney or Belmont or like from where we are. Getting it. There are very many challenges getting it. And I know that um, for my family. No, no challenges in the Hills District though, mate. 8.8 out of 10 people have been able to get it in the Hills District. Did you have to actually drive to get it, Jeff, or did they deliver it to your door on a on a, on a a felt plate? And, um, um yeah, with a, with a special message from uh, Gladys saying thank you so much for your service, Jeff, and all my Hills District uh, alumni. Hey, us up here in the cheap seats, we got to drive. My wife had to drive at seven seven o'clock in the morning to Homebush the other day, mate, just to get a look in. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it is what it is. Mate, Jeff, Jeff, I want to ask. I want to ask though. Right? Our, our country, our country is is for the moment to. Uh, really driven to its knees. You can see even interest rates can't even be driven up, even though real estate is flying up to the roof and people are starting to say, my kids can't even afford it. So why aren't we spending more money into things like uh, uh, rapid testing? Why isn't it, why is it that we have to go in queue and get testing with those places where each test costs the government $80,000 why are we having rapid testing? And number two, we've got 18 months. Why isn't this country really spending money into trying to run, make a, make a mask where if you've got COVID, it goes red and you know straight away you have to stay home. 
And if everyone was to walk around and as long as your mask is, is white or blue, then you're fine. Why aren't we really promoting this stuff? Meg's shirt's got COVID. Yeah. Um, only the people that only the honest people would still want to wear it. Like the people that right. don't have COVID still wouldn't wear the mask. Well, then at least you can take those and chuck them in jail. <laughs> oh, so you've turned on the population, Thomas. You're part of the problem, not part of the solution. <laughs> Ask better questions. I think, I, I think at the very beginning, the, um, the test that they were doing with the pathology um, were obviously um, a lot more um, useful because they actually provided a tracking source. Um, the test that they, the rapid testing um, that they do, like at the work site or anything, doesn't help track. So, um, and it doesn't understand the DNA sequence and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, there is a place for rapid testing, but there's also a place for the pathology. And since the pathology places are doing the proper test and they've got the capacity, it was very simple for the use them. And um, it was also the rapid testing does require um, some degree of um, quality control. Right. Like, uh, like people need to know how to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So now, last thing, which is the most important part here now, we need two things from you, the Jeff. It's Chris' birthday today. You, so you need to rate him out of 10. Where is he on our sip and score? Surely much higher than Cam. Come on, fellow Virgo. Come on. Be easy. I'm sorry. He's so close to six. So what is it? No, he's so close. Yeah, he's so close. So it's got to be high. So okay. So so what what are you giving he's also, him? He's also prepared to sit and argue. Yeah. And tell Cam to be quiet. Yeah. <laughs> so what's his score? Give him an eight. Whoa. That's a that's higher than Biden. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Chris is an eight. Okay. What about? It's not up the scorecards. <laughs> <laughs> what about Scott Morrison? Where are you? Where are you scoring right now? Well, that's going to take a little bit of um, discussion. You know. <laughs> no wonder you and Chris get along so well, mate. You won't hold a solid position on anything, that's except that. You know, he was a treasurer before being PM. And um, I think our economy has been growing and going in the right direction. He's pretty... <laughs> where he's not going to bow to the um, Paris Accord. Or Father's um, Day. He's done a few things wrong. Yep. But I, I've got to feel sorry for a politician first as well. Imagine walking what? Parliament... And half the room doesn't like you. Yeah. The other half the room is not normal. They don't like. They don't like you because they think they can do a better job. Yeah. So three quarters of the people in that room don't like him. And he still gets his full pay. Geez, I really feel sorry for the politician. You're right, Jeff. <laughs> that's what I mean. I knew parent wouldn't worry you because that's probably what happens with you. <laughs> <laughs> You've been working on that all week. You've been working on that all week. 
sitting up there in your eighty percent vaccinated castle. <laughs> You've been. What, let's write some cam jokes. <laughs> Scotty, can you help me write a cam joke? <laughs> He's made a mistake with the um, vaccination program. And, you know, he didn't really pass the pub test last week. So you sort of can't give him too much of a big score. Okay. You know, I, was, I was good with Gladys. Um, I, think, I think if you just look at the polls, he's probably, you know, 45 or, you know, 48. So give him, give him a four and a half. Four oh. and a half? Whoa, that is tough. Am I below? I, I'm not. I'm still unscored. No, no. Listen, mate. We 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 had to create a special board to to put you on the board, Cam. No. It's the fold down at the bottom. But listen, you're you're not. But, uh, hey, listen. You've got good company with Donald Trump, right? Yeah. Here. I know how Guy Sebastian feels now. That's all right. I'm <laughs> you guys are developing a pattern. I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank you so much for this week, the Jeff. All right, then take care, everybody. Lovely talk. Thank you. Thank you, <laughs> Jeff. Uh, well, listen, the Jeff. Anyone the, who, if, if we have one. He does on that. All right, so, so this is why we've got him. He, he is the barometer of wisdom, mind, ethics, legal, all of that stuff, all mixed just in a glass of wine. Thomas, he said he felt sorry for the politicians. It's going to be hard, Meg. It's going to be hard to beat Chris. Eight out of ten. That is amazing. Got this. Got this. I, I, I think I think there is an error. I'm going to have to ask Donald Trump. I think that the, the machine's fixed. What do you mean? There's eight to ten. There's still two more like yeah, oh, there's, to go. There's, there's light years. There's and not nobody said that we had to stop at ten anyway. So, but still, I think that Chris at ten. I think if he had known Chris was unvaccinated, he would have lowered his score because it doesn't. Obviously, we're not stopping at zero because Cam's not there. <laughs> and Tomo at four point five. Jesus, my four point five. That's that's, that's not good. That's rough. So what he's saying is that Gladys is way better because I think he gave Gladys uh, a big score and Joe Biden seven. a seven, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, seven and a half, I think. Yeah, I wonder how all the women who are currently getting executed in uh, in Afghanistan are feeling about Joe Biden seven. You might, I think Jeff's the one who helped ScoMo decide it was a good idea to fly on uh, Father's Day just quietly because <laughs> some of his scores. All right. Okay, so guys... Uh, today, too, marked the end of the Olympics. Today? Yeah, uh, no, not today. This week, I mean, like Monday, <laughs> the, the, the Olympics, the Paralympics finished. So it's all finished now. It's been more than a month of uh, sports. Uh, and they said it was a very successful event. I don't know. Did you watch a lot of things on uh, TV? Not a lot. No, but they had a win. Not a lot. They had a win at the start of the tournament. Gold medalists weren't getting anything when in the ABLE Olympics, gold medalists got $20,000. So they've decided to pay all the gold medalists twenty grand. So uh, no, 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 no. I have to stop you there. The, uh, the uh, AOC, so Australian Olympic Committee, has made the decision that for every gold medalist, they will give them a, a, a reward of 20000 15 yes. for silver and ten for bronze. Yes. If you're not retiring 
if you're not retiring. If you're not running into for the next Olympics, you're not getting it. Are you serious? Yes. So uh, I thought you, you were going to uh, say if you've had both your COVID shots. That's what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> So it is, I, I have trained my ass off all my life just to do well in, in this one, yeah. but because I'm now running out of power for the next one, I'm not getting it for the gold medal I brought home. How do you feel? Uh, what's four grand? It's only five grand a year to keep running. No, bugger. You feel like shit, but that's, hey, uh, Jeff had probably no, given him a nine. I'm retiring, give me my money, now I'm retiring. The Jeff, no, the Jeff would probably give him a nine out of ten in the AOC based on that decision. Tell us now, mate. Chris is way. Listen, the Jeff is always right. You're gonna have to accept that. Your life's gonna be better for it. Okay. Uh, I'm hearing that a lot lately, mate. Right. The Jeff for next prime minister. <laughs> <laughs> How can he be wrong? No, in in serious terms, it's a bullshit call. Yeah. And if pubs were open, that would also not pass the pub test. Um, the amount of money that's made off the Olympics and the amount of money that isn't made by the athletes there is one of the, the great disgraces to go along with college sports in America. Um, most sports, mate, isn't it? But most sports like that. No, well, it's not. It, it's not because your top-tier professional sports, they're all getting paid paid well. The... the um, the minimum wage in the NRL at the moment is 160000 a year. That's the minimum wage. That's the smallest you can be signed on. Okay. Obviously, you've got... I thought it was a lot less than that. I thought it was a lot less. No, no. It's come up dramatically recently, but I mean, as five years ago, it was $90,000, but still, that's a that's a wage for someone. We're talking about amateur athletes who don't get paid anything. Yeah. Unless they look good on a Weetbix box, they've got to fund it themselves. And that's that's not even a joke. You have to get a wheat big sponsorship or a, or a vitamin sponsorship or something to even make an earn. So for them, like it's that's fucking disgraceful. But that, that the amount good. of corruption that's in winning the Olympics, the amount of money that they pay bribes to people to actually win the Olympics, and then you can't give someone. Um, Come on, we're yeah. talking about how many gold medals, for example, at Paralympics, 21 gold medals. Man. Yeah, Come two, 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 four. What's that? You know, it's, I think, 420. It's Four, 400 grand. Yeah. But we're talking about that is disgusting. When you're spending millions, I mean, I, I wonder how much it uh, we spent to get Palaszczuk there. Yeah, that's what I mean. I was about to yeah. say, when you're willing to slip $5 million and 10 prostitutes into the back of an African judge, who's, whoever's deciding who gets the Olympics, I'm deadly serious, mate. The amount of corruption and bribes that go into winning the Olympics to get it into your state, and you can't pay 420 grand to the guys who've trained their fucking ass off to represent you. Like, oh. <laughs> So and, and here's one thing that we, we spoke, we started a little bit last week, but I'm sure there's going to be a lot of talk coming up. Testing, coming back to work. Oh, and they're talking about all the testing and freedom of traveling and going to pubs, but coming back to work, uh, we fall, we're against what's going on. Like uh, you're against, you're against people like needing to be tested to come back to work. We haven't spoken about this yet, business partner, but I'm against it. I, I'm tolerant, man. I'm, I'm cool. Man. <laughs> oh, I'm, it's, a, it's a good point because the, the, 
compliance officer in our office yesterday wanted to jump in and put policies in place where you, people, what are we going to do? We have to make sure people are getting tested. I'm like, no, no, we don't. No, we don't. Um, freedom of choice, baby. I mean, we, we're speaking our mind here, right? We, we, yeah. This may not represent what you think out there. So I just want to let the people who are going to bash us like Guy Sebastian, that, you know, this, this is a joke, right? Wine and Wisdom is about talking about topics and getting stirring thoughts. It's not necessarily Cam's opinion, right? Cam is pro-vax, okay? What, 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 what do you think, Matt? Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm pro-choice, pro-choice. I'm not anti-vax or pro-vax. I'm pro the ability to choose whether I want it or not. What do you reckon, Meg? Nah. They don't need to be, if, they don't need to be tested to come back to work. If yeah. they're a close contact, they'll be contacted, then they should get tested. Or if they've had symptoms, then they should get tested. But no. Nah. Do they have to be vaccinated, though, to come back to work? No. Nah. I love you, Meg. Yeah. You know, there's That's a lot. Why, why, Meg? Why, Meg? Why is your view that way? There's a few reasons. First of all, I think it, it is personal preference. If they want to get vaccinated, they should. If they don't, that's okay as well. Yeah. Um, the second one would be that it's an extremely litigious area at the moment. So I don't think it is something that we'd want to be jumping into. Um, and yeah, they're probably the main two, really. Okay. It started off where everyone was scared. The illegal advice going out to people is you can't ask people to, to get vaccinated. You can't ask people if they're vaccinated. You can't do whatever. But slowly, as the wheel is turning, um, I think Victoria today, Dan Andrews, was going to make vaccine mandatory. I think. He was, I saw that word, might have just been a clickbaity headline. I didn't read the article. So, Chairman, Chairman, don't send your Chinese hitman out to get me if I'm wrong. But I did see something about him um, making it mandatory. So, it'll be interesting to see what path I think that goes. I think it's a space where there's like, it's changing literally by the second. There's going to be so much between, you know, even if you look back four, six, eight weeks ago to where we are now to where we're probably going to be by the time Christmas hits. I think that space around vaccination in workplaces and, and just vaccination in general, I think there's going to be so much that happens. But right at this point in time, no. Isn't it funny how they've beat us all to a pulp where now we're, we're, we're having a conversation about the possibility of vaccines being mandatory and no one's, no one's blowing up. Like they've, they've beat us... They've, I don't know if you they've, noticed. They've, they've won. They've, they've a, won. They have. There's been a huge increase on uh, uh, on sort of the seek websites, on the job job websites of people needing a full vaccination to apply for jobs now. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you noticed that, but there apparently there's a huge jump in uh, in uh, the requirements of that vaccination. And Cam, I'm with you in in in, in a sort of a respect to that. Not anti-vax people. I don't believe people out there. There's not many people that are anti-vax. It's not having a choice, and I understand that, mate. I, I do. I understand that. Can't even choose what one you get, mate. Like unless I want to drive for two hours and and two hours back, I can't even choose what one I fucking put in my body. If I want to put one in my body, you know. It's, yeah, and, um, and that's it. If you want to put one, so which one? And if you want to put one, it's that choice and the fear of the unknown, and you know that I respect that sort of 
uh, that thought process. That for those people who are truly anti-vaxxers and anti-government and anti, you know what? Piss off! I'm not interested. Um, you, you, you're, you're full of shit. You, you need to be hidden in a cave somewhere. Seriously. But I, I agree with people who... I like 50-year-old Chris. I like 50-year-old Chris. 49-year-old Chris was a dick, but 50-year-old Chris, we should hang out. But I agree with what you're saying, Cam, is that you shouldn't take people's choice away and the fear of taking something that you're unknown. But by the same token, I want people to understand that... You take car insurance in case you have an accident. Get the vaccine in case you get COVID. It's simple. It makes it easier to fix your car. No, it's but that's simple. Yeah. Shut up and listen. Just sh- 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 shut up for a second. <laughs> and if if you get the vaccine and you get COVID, the effects are far lessened. May you need a booster? Yes, you might need a booster. If you buy a Ferrari, you need higher insurance, mate. So some simple, seriously, jump on board. I'm not taking medical advice from a bloke who can't even get a haircut. And <laughs> you've just done, you've just managed to do in 30 seconds what Guy Sebastian took 48 hours to do, mate. You have one opinion and then you flipped it completely. But no. Where, yeah, you, you did. No, you should have a choice, no. and that's okay. And I no, understand, no, no. but do it. Do it. No, no I believe no, in your mate. choice. I believe it. No, 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 hang on. No, no, I believe in your choice. I, I can tell you believe. Opinion. I believe in your choice. Everyone has the right. We were talked about before adult conversation, Cameron. Adult conversation. I'm 50. I'm an adult. You need to get there. So we. I believe in your choice, mate. But I believe, man, seriously, why, why are people holding out if everyone's telling them? If they get the jab, it's going to lessen the effects of COVID if you get COVID by 200%. Maybe it's because a month ago they said, don't take it, it's not safe, and then in 24 hours decided it was safe again. Might have something to do with the way that maybe it's because when you go... Maybe it's because when you go to apply for it and you're entering all your criteria, it says the best jab for you, Cameron, is Pfizer. You need to read these... 87 disclaimers if you want AstraZeneca. And by the way, even though we've told you the best one for you is Pfizer, you can't get it anywhere near Emory, anywhere that you, you know live. The majority of the Maybe that's why, Chris. Maybe that's why. The majority of the medication that you take, you take, do you take any other medication? Blood printer? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But I want to choose. Because I want to choose. Just want to tell Marietta, I am drinking. But hey, listen, guys. Every other medication I'm liking Chris 5.0. I'm liking Chris 5.0. He's doing it. (laughs) (laughs) I love you, brother. But I'm telling you, every medication comes with a warning. Listen, I suffered from anxiety many, many years ago. I suffered from anxiety. I had to take these new pills, which were shit. Can I tell you, I shouldn't have taken them. That bloody piece of paper was like an A4 bloody blanket that I had to read with this microscopic writing. It's the same thing, mate. It Every is. Every medication that you take is going to have a warning on it. It is. Did you have a choice whether you took that medication or not? You have a choice now, though, bro. No, I don't. You no. do. What choice? What choice? The choice <laughs> is you can sit in this room for the rest of your life or you can... <laughs> But that's your choice. 
There's hey, no I'm choice. Yes. Oh, God. Do you know what? You're not, no, you're not dodging it, Luang. Hey, you're the only one who hasn't given an opinion. You're not dodging it. No, no, mate. I have to tell you one thing. I, I, It's been years now. I've been sleeping three, four hours a night. And I've always been in amazing shape. The last two weeks, I decided to go for the sleep study. And they found out I've got very severe sleep apnea. The normal human being wakes up apparently five times. The brain wakes five times per hour. Apparently, I do something like 51 times per hour. So they call it normally severe deep sleep. I mean, and since then, I'm tired every day. They've given me a mask at home in bed. Every night, I turn, I turn around to Veronique and I say, Clarice, give me a hug. And <laughs> first of all, I'm not getting the hug. It doesn't feel good. I can't sleep. But now I'm tired. Hence, I not only I'm I'm really tired now. Now, but I'm just wondering: is it because now they told me I've got sleep apnea? What's that got to do with whether people are getting vaccinated or not? So it no the placebo. Okay, it's the placebo. Yes. Right. The question was: should people be getting tested at work or vaccinated at work? That was the question that you haven't given an opinion on. Oh, no, 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 that's not the, the question, I, the, the answer I was giving to you. I'm, I'm, mate, I'm, I'm just enjoying, mate. Chris 5.0 is... Dodging it, dodging it. We're going to do for him. All right, but here's, here's my answer, here's my answer. I, you know, I've always been pro-choice. And I think that people need to really decide for themselves. And, but it, here's the issue for me. We, we spoke about last week and, and I'm talking about it again now. There will come a time when you will tell your family members not to turn up. There will be a time when family members will not want to turn up to family gatherings. And there will be a time when a, a family or more family, uh, 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 what is it, members will be accused of inflicting COVID death to someone in their family. It's coming. They, 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 there's no question about it. It is coming. And I think that this here has got the nucleus of a fracture in within families themselves. And, and that is probably something even way bigger than that. The, the fact that, you know, I've got, uh, and I don't do it for legal stuff. I don't really, legal doesn't mean it's ethical, right? And, and there's a lot of people who do unethical things because it's legal. Me, I do things because it's ethical. And I think it's unethical for me to impose it upon other people to have a vaccine. That's it. That's where I stop, period. But here's the, the, the problem. There's going to be a bunch of people who are vaccinated and, I, and some guys who are not vaccinated and they go to work and suddenly one of them just got contracted COVID. It hits your family. Even though you're vaccinated, you bring home and it, you now transmit it to your father. He dies. And then what? If I drive Vaccine a car and, and, I, and I hit that, I hit you and you and, and you had your, your father in the car and he dies, I'm probably going to be in court for some reason. What about this thing here? This is where the legality is. I think law is going to be the only winners out of this stuff. The, <laughs> the problem with it is, the problem with that, 
analogy, TL, is the vaccine doesn't stop you getting it or giving it. So what's to stop a vaccinated? What's to stopping a vaccinated person coming to work and giving it to an unvaccinated person? I, I get that. I get that, Cam. But have a look. The unvaccinated now gives it to the vaccinated, and I know that for the moment, for the moment, until we get more variant, for the moment, there's no way, there's no uh, vaccination breakthrough. So, so it is uh, less likely that if you're vaccinated, you're gonna have some trouble. But what if? It may, we we are about to open Pandora box. We we are about to open Pandora box, mate. And and now I am the business owner who has allowed people who are not vaccinated to come in, and and now they have transmitted something that's killing someone, and that person happens to be the breadwinner for their family in real estate. What do I do now? That's okay. Has anyone noticed you that can get a fake vaccine passport? By the way, they've got those going around. So, anyone anyone who's looking for a f- yeah, just uh, do not write to one in wisdom. We haven't got the permit for it. Okay, it just want to. Oh, I might know. Chris knows someone who knows someone. He's in Bankstown, not me. So, mate, I can get you any passport that you want. <laughs> mate, Chris I'm thinking Tasmania. I'm thinking Tasmania is looking for. Pretty attractive. <laughs> right. Man, you're listening to this. We're gonna to have to make a T-shirt. It's gonna be crisp 5.0. <laughs> has anyone noticed that they've gone like the, the the talk has gone? People are dying with COVID, and then they're dying with from COVID. Has anyone seen that change in the language they're starting to use? Yeah, they have, but they, they're still. Not enough. The 20-year-old who died yesterday had about 87 different medical conditions and it was right down the bottom of the 20-year-old dies from COVID, 20-year-old dies from COVID, 20-year-old dies from COVID, 20-year-old with COVID and a host of other serious underlying medical conditions. So it's still horseshit. And um, you know when it'll really change? It's going to change the day after they let us out. Because then all of a sudden COVID isn't killing people. I guarantee you the day she lets us out at 70%, I promise you, the day that she'll have to, the day that Gladys lets everyone out at 70% when none of the other premiers want to, all of a sudden no one's dying from COVID. They're all dying from the cold. The flu is making a comeback. AIDS, rabies, polio, polio will be back. I guarantee you. From the 18th of October, no one will ever die in New South Wales of COVID again. I promise you. And you know what I like about what we're saying? It's like if if people had the courage to go back about a year ago to some of the stuff we discussed, it's actually happening now. So that's when I know through wines, in vino veritas, we through wine, we, we are actually giving the audience the truth. So let's have a look at the truth in uh, and to close this uh, thing here with our wine and wisdom scoring. Thomas, 2015, Peregrine Pinot Noir, average 4.167. So I'm safe. I can lose the next one. I'm safe. <laughs> Ken, with his 2018 Kendall Jackson Chardonnay, average score... And that's without him cheating and his wife cheating. He's forced his wife, by the way, last time. His average is 3.867. Oh, fuck off. Chris <laughs> gave me a four. <laughs> they took that into account, mate. 
I had a 3.9 and Chris had a four. How does that average 3.8? I'm not very good at maths, but Jesus fucking Christ. Mathematician had COVID. It was COVID. Chris, Chris has got his 2018 Emilio Moro Trempanillo with an average of 4.133. Whoa! That's uh, okay. Okay, so now, damn, okay. Meg's may just let you free. Meg, who thought, do you know the what? Argent, the Argentinians. I am, I am game. I'm just gonna get that mystery bottle because lucky dip. If I lose, I lose. Who cares? <laughs> well, Meg's 2018 Katina Malbec from Argentina averages. 4.1. The loser of the week is Aaron Wilson. Can you not go to the fridge? He's going to lose his shit. I can see it on his face. I'm all right. I'll buy you a bottle next week, Cam. I haven't lost. No, I haven't lost. That's the first one I've lost for a month, so I'm safe next week too. No, no. So, no, no, no. So, so. You gotta lose three in a row. You gotta lose three in a row. I won it. Don't you remember 4.3? 4.3! How could we forget that? All right. Oh, well, on this, it is true. I think he's safe. Uh, I'm safe, mate. Thank you so much for this week. Happy birthday again, young man. Thanks, God. Thank you very Michael. much. Love you yeah, lots. Jill is telling us that they love. Jill, this, this is the thing. I, I actually was speaking to a few people and I, I said to them, hey, listen, you know, you might want to be. Do you know that there's a lot of salespeople listening to us, but they don't want to go on this? Do you know what? Seriously? Yeah. They don't want their leaders to know their opinions and they don't want their teammates to know their opinion. Do you believe this? I do. What, what is what is it that this bunch of piss weak people they 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 ready to 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 nail guy Sebastian to the cross because he's had an opinion he made it public but they are so scared of even displaying an iota on, guys jump on give us your no I think no the the problem is this and we've spoken about this before too before we did live especially in our industry people are worried that everything that comes out of your mouth might affect their next sale. So they'd rather not be true to themselves, not speak their mind because um, it may affect their business. And then they will either directly or indirectly, consciously or subconsciously inflict that on their staff. Don't you dare come on and say what you actually think because what happens if Joe Blow down the road hears you speaking and um, doesn't want to sell the house with you? Well, so we're I doing- ask you this. If that's They're what doing they do all right. Their staff, what do they do with their kids? What, what, what do you mean by that? Well, are they saying to their kids, "Oh, well, you can't say that, and don't do this, and don't don't be yourself, and don't speak your mind, and don't do this"? If that's what they're doing to their staff members, what are they doing to their kids? Are they creating follow me, or are they creating individuals to go out and conquer the world? What are they creating? No, but what? Um, there might be another part of it too, where they all think we're dickheads and don't actually want to come on it. That might be. <laughs> No, that's not true, Ken. That's not true. <laughs> there is. We've we have spoken about it before, though. There is a people are too worried about what their next client might think, rather than worrying about what they actually believe in life. And 
mate, a long, long way to the grave to go on pretending for other people. That's all I can say. Yeah, but I also want to say, right, we're we having fun right now. This is one of wisdom. This is four mates really trying to just be themselves. This is the time where we are ourselves. When we go back to work, we're in control. There are things that we need to be doing. But here we are ourselves. So if they can't really live a life where there's a portion in their lifetime where they can be themselves, and, and hopefully a larger portion of, of life should be devoted to that, well, then, you know, I feel sorry for them because they're going to go to the deathbed probably um, very, very silent in their, most of their opinion and, and finding out that they have been uh, a product of society rather than having a voice. Uh, so I think that based on that, thank you very much, uh, brave people. There's no guy Sebastian in this group. Talk to you soon. Happy birthday and mate. Chris, they loving 5.0, Chris. Chris <laughs> We're going to celebrate, guys. We're going to celebrate.